go. Yes, you are listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, January the 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, the last time we were speaking to you on Wednesday doing a Bible study, we mentioned that we were short on funding uh, for the end of the year, 2021. And by God's grace, we reached what we needed in order to finish the funding needed for 2021. If you're at all interested in continuing to help us in 2022, then just make out a check to Law and Gospel and send it to Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. Now, I'm anxious to get to today's lesson. It's again the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. Pastors have various books they really enjoy, and it has changed over my time as being a pastor. I, I think the most important book in the Bible which really helps to explain not only the distinctions between law and gospel, but the purpose of Jesus Christ is the book of Romans. Second, I put Galatians, particularly chapter three. If I have an Old Testament book, the favorite would be Isaiah, because it so well explains the purpose of the death of Jesus Christ. Now, other books are really very good. My favorite gospel is the gospel according to St. Mark. And of course, I do love Genesis. And I have a special fondness for the book of Revelation. I spent a whole year and a half going through the entire book of Revelation verse by verse, showing how you understand Revelation by means of the Old Testament verses that apply to these verses in Revelation. All right, we're ready to take a look at now Proverbs chapter 2, 16 to 22. And here again, Solomon is giving the purpose of divine wisdom. Now, there's a big distinction we've seen in Proverbs between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man. For example, just take Adam and Eve. They had wisdom. Oh, if we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, according to this snake in the garden, we will be like God. Well, that was not divine wisdom. It got him kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and all of mankind fell into original sin. So everyday theology is a problem for many Christians. What we mean by everyday theology is how they think about the Bible. And we need to realize that the reason that Holy Scripture encourages worship every week 
reading the Bible, going to Bible studies, bringing your children up is for a very simple reason. Everyday theology gets in the way of biblical theology because everyday theology comes from our old Adam. And for example, we have Christians who believe that the more I pray to God, the more blessings I receive. Or the more I give to God on a Sunday morning, the greater will be my life. And you hear this from people who are dealing with money, that they'll say, you'll have a more blessed life if you take care of your money. No, I I know of a lot of people who are Christians who had a lot of money, and they did wonderful things with their money for the church, for society, and yet they did not have a great life, and they died. So these are not promises you find in the Bible. The promise of a great life will come at the resurrection of the last day, judgment day. So in the book of Proverbs, there are a number of chapters where adultery is considered as primary. We're taking a look at an address that a father gives to his son in Proverbs chapter 2, but he also deals with adultery in chapters 7, 9, and 10. Now, we have to understand what we're talking about with adultery. It's not so much physical adultery, but spiritual adultery. And yet at the same time, God definitely makes a connection between the two. So we begin with verse 16. And what's being talked about is the believer, the purpose of following the wisdom of God is, 16, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. Now, we could spend the whole program just talking about this one verse because the soul is a part of the purpose of divine wisdom. With divine wisdom, you are delivered from the forbidden woman. And that includes both physical and spiritual adultery. How are you delivered physically? Well, let's say you're married or you're not married, but you decide to have a relationship with a different woman. That is adultery, could be called fornication if you're not married, and that is being delivered not from the forbidden woman, but falling into her grasp. The the word forbidden can also be translated as strange. This forbidden woman is an Israelite. 
it's not an alien in the sense of maybe a Samaritan or somebody. No, it's somebody who is incompatible with God's wisdom. And she's referred to as the adulteress with her smooth words. Now, this is a very important point. She does not get you to be with her by her looks, her appearance, or her actions, but by her smooth words. Now, that can also be translated as slippery words, deceptive words, words that flatter you in order to get you seduced. So when you fall into her grasp, you are falling because of her smooth words. And that's very important because wisdom, proper wisdom, also comes about by words. They're just not seduce, seductive words. They don't flatter you. But, for example, the Ten Commandments, that's what God desires us so to do. He built a universe on the basis of human beings obeying those Ten Commandments. And that's why the covenant of the law indicates that we are to obey the commandments, but we never do because we fall into sin. And therefore, nobody is saved by means of obedience to the law. Jesus comes and sets up a new way of the thinking of the kingdom of God. And we're going to talk about that because this passage deals with it. I think one of the best ways to understand this particular portion of Proverbs is fantasy is what wisdom produces and it produces an abundance of monsters. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They had a fantasy of becoming like God. That was their personal wisdom and produced an abundance of monsters. How many people today with the illness, the virus, different forms appearing, they become very depressed and they feel like everything is closing in on them. That's because of their fantasy in following their own wisdom and it produces an abundance of monsters. So, verse 16 is very clear. This section is talking about this strange Israeli woman who is the forbidden one, who actually flatters and seduces people by her smooth words. Remember, even Solomon fell into that trap when he married 
many different women from different countries in order to keep peace between himself and their country. And then he allowed them to put up idols to their own gods. And he did that because they were able to deceive him. They flattered him. They seduced him. And so Solomon knows what wisdom is in comparison to the forbidden woman. Verse 17, the forbidden woman forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. Now, the companion of her youth would mean that she's not divorced, she's not a widow, but she's committing adultery with the companion of her youth, namely her husband. That was her companion, but she forsakes him for someone else. And she forgets the covenant of her God. Now, the term covenant, which can also refer to as testament, refers to the agreement that she made in her marriage. Her marriage was between not just her and her husband, but between her, her husband, and God. In fact, this is the only time in the entire book of Proverbs that the word covenant is used. But we know that marriage is a covenant from God's point of view. That's found in Malachi 2, verse 14. Marriage is a covenant. That's why it's so important that a marriage ceremony takes place prior to a coming together of a man and a woman because they're making a covenant with God. Whereas if they fool around prior to their being married, they have been delivered by the forbidden woman, the adulteress. Verse 18, for her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. Now, it can also be translated for her death sinks down to the pit and her paths to the departed. The word departed is in the plural. It's referring to those who have died outside of the faith. And so when you enter her house, there's that very famous song, The House of the Rising Sun in New Orleans. Well, you enter those houses of prostitutes, etc. You're entering a house of death. See, this is how wisdom has a different view of reality than does the old Adam. The old Adam is enticed by this kind of thing. 
And that's why there are many, many countries where prostitution is not really illegal because people really enjoy it, they think. But it's a spiritual adultery when they break the covenant they made with God in Exodus 24 to obey all his commandments and they no longer remain faithful to God. Verse 19, none who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Now, the actual translation is better, none who go into her come back. And so there's a sexual interpretation of that verse, nor do they attain the paths of life. This is adultery that breaks a marriage covenant, and it definitely leads to death, to go to where she wants you to go. And they do not attain the paths of life. So there's a number of paths. There's two of them. There's the path of human wisdom that leads to death. And there's the path of divine wisdom, which Solomon is encouraging his son to follow, which in reality is really God encouraging you to follow. And if you follow wisdom, then another purpose of divine wisdom is beginning with verse 20. Verse 16 began with the English word, so you will be delivered. Verse 20 begins with, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. Now, both the good and the righteous are plural. So best translated, so you will walk in the way of the good people and keep to the paths of the righteous people. Remember, under the new covenant, the good people that God recognizes are not those who never sin, but those who desire to do his will and repent of that sin when it occurs. God considers that very, very good. And they therefore keep to the paths of the righteous. So in verse 19, you have the path of life. In verse 20, the paths of the righteous. In contrast to verse 18, for those who follow the forbidden woman, they go to the path of the departed. So both divine wisdom as well as our human wisdom have two different paths. Jesus talked about the narrow path, which is that of the divine wisdom, and the broad path upon which many people are walking who prefer, prefer to listen to their own insights 
rather than to that of the Bible. I mean, can you think of anything more ridiculous from a biblical point of view that a man can marry a man or that a woman can marry a woman? That's not possible from God's point of view. And that in and of itself is a way in which the forbidden woman has run out, won out. Going on to verse 21. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. There again, the words upright and those with integrity are in the plural. Now, that's very important to understand that this shows that this is not our work to inhabit the land or remain in it. It is the work of God, a wonderful law and gospel distinction that under the law, you can't do anything as an unbeliever to get on the right side of God. What does it mean to inhabit the land? Well, we talked about at Christmas, the incarnation of Jesus, meaning he was divine, but he took upon himself human flesh. What land is being talked about for the upright? What land are those with integrity remaining in? And the answer to that question is we're talking about the temple of God. The upright will be in that land and those with integrity will remain in it. And what is the temple of God in our day? It's the holy Christian church. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are inhabiting the land, and it doesn't matter what country you're in, but you are in the land of God's holy kingdom. So verse 21 talking about the work of God, which creates you being upright and with integrity, is the good news of the gospel. You'll inhabit the land. But now listen to verse 22, which is the ending of this part of Proverbs. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Now, what's that talking about? Well, the wicked, that particular word, is used 78 times in the book of Proverbs, referring to those who are hostile to God's wisdom. And when it says they are cut off, that means they are removed from life everlasting from the land. And on the day of judgment, they won't be in the land where the temple of God is. And where is the temple of God today? It's Jesus, our Savior. He is the temple of God. And those who don't believe in him will be cut off 
from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Now, this idea of treacherous are those who deal faithlessly with God's wisdom. They decide, oh, I don't have to agree with the Bible here, and that they will be rooted out of the land is followed up throughout Scripture. Deuteronomy 28, verse 6 says they will be torn out of the land. So unfaithful Israel were torn from their land. We can give a number of times that happened, but one of them was the Babylonian captivity because they were worshiping other idols. And so God deals incarnationally with his people in the temple. Now people say, well, the temple is destroyed. How can we be with God? Well, you can be with God by going to church. That's where Jesus is. Unfaithful Israel will be torn from the land. See, what Jesus does, he redefines the kingdom of God, not as a kingdom of works, which you are doing, but a kingdom of grace. So we've seen similarities between divine wisdom and the adulteress. Both attract by words. The adulteress, though, by seductive words. Both have metaphors of a path, a narrow path and a wide path. And both regard wisdom as your wife, including either the adulteress or Jesus talks about you as his bride. I'm Tom Baker. This is why Proverbs is so important, because it's talking about Jesus throughout the whole book, and we'll continue with that next week. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.